guys, so happy Wednesday. So today I'm back on the podcast. This is the start of season two. We're going to be talking to Kerry, who comes to us all the way from Montana. I'm so excited to talk to Kerry. Myself and Kerry have had a little chat previous to this podcast and we talked for quite a long time. So I'm looking forward to chatting to her again and she's going to share her story with you. So tune in soon to hear Kerry on the podcast. She was barking at, um, I don't know what, she was barking at outside. Oh. <laughs> so how are you this morning? Well, it's afternoon there, but it's morning here. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Oh, not bad. Not bad at all. So how is the weather over where you live? Um, have you guys got snow? You know, we don't have snow at the moment, um, but it is in the forecast, I'll say that. So, so where I am, I'm in Montana in the U.S. Uh huh. So I'm not, I'm not far, you know, from Canada. Matter of fact, I was just a few miles from the border uh, about two weeks ago. Oh, well, I was speaking to a girl um, from Mich- Michigan and um, on TikTok, and she was telling me that snow is actually quite good for your flowers. So everybody thinks oh no, it's snowed, my flowers are going to like, you know, it's going to damage them. But she was saying that actually the, the snow has nutrients in it when, it when it hits the soil that feeds your um, your plants. So I didn't know that. So it was interesting to find out. Well, now I've never heard of the nutrient part, but I will say that it really sinks into the soil much better than just rain. Oh. Because so, so, much, so many times the rain will just, you know, It'll, it'll just slide right off and then you have it, you know, pooling and puddling everywhere. And whereas the snow, it gently melts and it goes into the soil much better than, than just straight rain. Which is really interesting. So thank you so much for coming on today, Kerry. Would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a bit about you and why you started gardening? Sure. So, so I'm Carrie O'Connell, and I and my um, kind of my my handle is the negligent gardener because I'm negligent about pretty much everything, and I can still grow stuff. So I, I like to tell people don't don't be too hard on yourself because plants will figure out a way to live. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, people ask me questions all the time. Like, I mean, I'm still learning. I think every gardener's really learning um, anyway. But people will like text me and say, "This is my plant. What have I done wrong?" And I'm just like, "Oh, it's it, it, sometimes it's just that it's kind of dormant because like it's it's cold just now. Like, and I'm like, "No, oh, it looks fine. Just deadhead. It'll come back. You know." And um, I think a lot of gardening is like patience. I think people think sometimes that. Um, 
when you garden they expect to like have like from seed to like the big plant like really quick and it's not it's quite a long process of like when you're doing it it's great but I think people sometimes don't realise the work and the nurture um, when you're just beginning what gardening takes yeah I, I agree wholeheartedly and I learned from an orchid guy uh, several years ago who said there's a reason why I have a garbage can at the end of a potting bench <laughs> because sometimes you just say yeah we've, we've been patient enough with this plant it just wants to die let's help it out <laughs> yeah, I... so you do have to learn how to give up oh, de- uh, oh yeah definitely um, I had that um the other kind of other month like we had plants that had just because like when I worked like the garden um the plants some of them hadn't been watered because we'd been on holiday it was Christmas and um, one of the other gardeners was saying to me Nikki just give up on them you know that you, you can re-sow them they're, they're gone now and I'm like maybe I could get them back and she's like no just leave it just re-sow them it's fine <laughs> she's like it's, it's okay we've got loads of seeds and I'm like I know but I hate to see plants dying and I used to, um, in my old allotment that I had before the one I'm in now, there was a lady and she was, me and her were the same, like we'd see like plants dying on people's benches and we'd say to them, can, can we try and, can we try and bring that back to life? Because we'd hate to see them dying. And they'd be like, yeah, take it, it's dead. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then sometimes we'd win, sometimes we would lose. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's just part of gardening. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think sometimes, like, you can be too hard on yourself that, you know, not everything works in gardening, you know, sometimes you fail, sometimes, like, I think there's always a learning and when things don't grow because then it it puts you back to go, right, why didn't that work? Was it the wrong soil? Did I sow it at the wrong time? You know, I think it, when you fail, it actually pushes you on to learn more about the plant and what the plant needs. So, you know, it's good to have failures too because you learn. Right, no, absolutely. And I started gardening when I was in Connecticut, which is on the Atlantic coast of the U.S. And I think it's like zone five. If And so I, it's probably not... If Sam Sam is still in the chat, if if he grows peppers in Asia where he is, because um, that, from what I understand, these pepper plants just get huge. Yeah, I mean, I've never grew I've never grew chili peppers, but I've all and I've tried to grow peppers for the last two years, and I've got to the flowering stage. I don't know if I start them too late. Like I start them like April time and then when it gets to like, so we would kind of harvest stuff maybe like August, September, but when Uh I've got like, it's got like a good plant, but it just seems to just flower and then not do anything else. And I'm like, is it, is it needing something? Is it needing pollinated? Is it like, and and I've tried them outside. So I've tried to put them outside and like in the hot, kind of August, like kind of, sun and didn't really right. do anything I've, I've kept them I kept them, some of them in like the greenhouse all like from growing from like a tiny seedling to the flowering part 
And then like last year I kind of overwintered one and, and it did have a flower and then it, well, the problem was it was Christmas and then when I went away for Christmas then people forgot to water it. So. Oh no, you were negligent, Nikki. So when I came back it was dead and I was like, oh no, I've like saved that for so long from like March and now it's dead. <laughs> So, uh, uh, yeah, peppers are definitely something that I'm, I really want to grow. Like, I love peppers. So, yeah, like, so, so do you like spicy? Yeah, I like spicy food, yeah. Okay, so I will say, so I, this is one thing, this is why I'm saying I'm late, because I, and, and once again here, we're probably not that different as far as when you plant things, um, but... I I want my pepper plants to be big before I get them in the ground. So I start, so once again, I plant right around June 1st is when I put things in the ground. Uh, and then, uh, so for pepper plants, I like to start them end of February, beginning of March. So I'm probably going to start my pepper plants today, which is way late for me. Yeah, maybe, when, yeah, maybe we'll do it together. You do yours, yeah. you do yours when, in, in Montana, and I'll do mine's here. Lime. Yeah. So when they get, when they get, oh, probably, oh, probably three or four pairs of true leaves, mm-hmm. um, then I cut off the top, and so that makes them more bushy. Oh. It makes them grow more bushy, and you'll see where very quickly, right at right between the stalk and the and the leaves, they'll start putting out more leaves. So it'll be much more bushy, and that way. And also, I don't know if you do this with your seedlings, but um, and I don't always. But do you ever brush them or put a fan on them? No. Okay, so so this is the thing about pepper plants is that they they want to break. So you have to do the best you can to make those those stalks, those stems as strong as possible. So you need to have a, if you're got if you're growing them indoors, you want to have a fan on them that irritates them, right? And it keeps them moving and it makes them want to grow stronger. And you do that with, you should probably do that with most of your seedlings. But, um, and then if you don't have a fan, then just either take your arm or a board and just kind of brush the tops of them so that they kind of bend over back and forth. And it also stimulates the same thing. It makes them, it, it just um, simulates, you know, wind, which which makes them want to grow stronger to resist that wind. Wow. And, so, so that's an important part of peppers because they just always want to break. Um, and I don't support my peppers hardly at all. So um, I get them at cold frames. So I don't have a greenhouse that you know I can stand up in, but I have a, I have two cold frames, and, and so I'll get them with as soon as they get old enough, you know, just 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 top heavy enough. Um, I'll st- I'll try and get them out in the cold frame as quick as possible and get some sun on them, and then they they do actually pretty well. That pruning trick really helps them get bushier and stronger, um, and I uh, they're a lot better when you fertilize them like with some. I I happen to use I've become a believer in, in Jack's uh, bloom booster. 
poster, and I don't remember what the numbers are, but uh, uh, so I'll, I'll I'll fertilize them, you know, every other week or so, and the flowers and the I mean, you, they've got to be pollinated. So I wonder if they're not being pollinated for you for some reason. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, because I know like so pumpkins have to be pollinated, and you know like sweet corn and stuff like you have to shake it like with the wind like give it a shake as well you can help them but like the same thing you were saying so like if it's like not windy and it's warm and stuff like I've given like my my sweet corn a little shake and that helps to pollinate them but also um, we have like uh, wasps help to pollinate like they they get stuff stuck to them and then they can go from like sweet corn to sweet corn and like pollinate but yeah maybe maybe it's not getting pollinated because yeah, I've looked at your varieties because I I do just trial and error, and I actually you know you keep notes and 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 say well this one you know produced really well so and I don't so here in Montana we're very dry and so our you're not that way in Scotland. No, we are we're, we're the opposite. We are quite wet. <laughs> we get a lot of rain. We really kind of get so just now it's like April showers so we've got this weekend I was just looking this weekend like so tomorrow and the next two days are going to be sunny but it's like not like it's like a windy sunny so it's it's not like warm but there's a heat when the wind kind of stops Um, so we wouldn't we wouldn't plant out until like maybe June like it's a bit like you I suppose end of May start of June we would plant stuff out but yeah, maybe maybe if I start my my peppers today, keep them in the greenhouse, and then I'm just thinking I got like um this little kind of mini kind of plastic kind of greenhouse thing from the pound shop, and it stands up. It's like a triangle. I'm just wondering whether when it starts growing, I could take it outside and put it beside um like the mini the mini kind of allotment bit and kind of open it up and give it a bit of sun and then maybe plant it out when it gets a bit warmer in June in the mini allotment and see. So, so how warm does it get there? It can get about, I would say, maybe 28, 30 degrees. Like, I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's usually like, we get like 28, maybe 30 degrees. That's kind of hot. It's not really warm, like as such, like, um, no, it's not, it's yeah, not really so- warm. So that might be an issue too, because they they do like it hot, and we I mean we have actually very cool nights because we're actually more considered kind of high desert. Um, so we have cool nights. Um, I should probably pull up Fahrenheit centigrade trend, you know, so that we can talk about about this. But so, so let's see what. But I do have a heat mat that my, my husband bought me. That might help as well. If I put them on the heat mat, it might help well, that's get for, them. Like for, for germination, though, I mean, I always put it on the on the heat mat for germination. But I mean, if if you get up to 30 degrees, that, that translates to 86 Fahrenheit, and that's not bad. But also, you've got some serious wind issues, right? Yeah, we have got, like, it's quite windy today. I'm just looking outside um, in, like, 
things are it's quite it's not it's not too windy today but we can get windy like gale force winds that are, like damaging like buildings and stuff not in the summer though but um but yeah when it's really sunny like i'm talking about 28 30 degrees there is no wind it's like it's very it's a, i suppose it is like like i would maybe say it's like spain you know the country Spain kind of weather when it's warm it's like really really hot but probably you guys are are, are warmer where you are because you're like a desert whereas we are more yeah I think we're more Mediterranean kind of sun yeah so yeah you're probably and you're probably your nights don't get nearly as cold as ours no no we don't and they get like cold like I think really like probably like minus I don't know, maybe six, seven. The, the, it's cold, but it's not as cold as, as you guys get over there. Um, yeah. But we, 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 yeah, we've got, so yeah, the soil's a bit, I don't, but I definitely think it might be the pollination thing. And maybe I've not put it outside, like, quick enough when it's warm. Maybe I've been keeping it indoors. It's not been pollinated. And yeah maybe it needs to be out like june time june july time when it's really warm and see how we go and then you can always hand pollinate as well you know like like a little brush you know i tell you what there's so many flowers on peppers i i i don't (laughs) i don't even try because there should be a lot of flowers and um yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna try so, that thing of like But I don't think you should give up. I think you should keep trying. I'm gonna try this year. You, even though I might be a bit late, I'm gonna keep trying. Um, cause even like like pumpkins, I think pumpkins are fascinating. You know, because I really like. So this is like my third year growing pumpkins, and I really just I love celebrations. I, I like like Halloween, like Easter. Uh-huh. Christmas, like I just love to celebrate, and I, I just always wanted my own pumpkin grown for um, Halloween, which I've done and for the last couple of years. And also, my nephews, I gave them a pumpkin plant, and they had their own pumpkin last year. And it was just the joy of like they decorated, like carved their own pumpkin. It was like we they grew it, and like they would send me pictures of them. Look, Auntie Nikki, it's got flowers on it now. Oh, it's pollinated now. Oh, it's got a little kind of, it's got a little tiny. Pumpkin pumpkin grown on it so it was like amazing and like i was telling it's so fun it's just a joy of gardening i was telling one of the the young girls in work who wants to start gardening and she she was talking about her pumpkin she tried it last year and she said it didn't work and i said did you pollinate them and she said no and i so i was like what i was telling her like about the male the male there's a male flower there's a female flower and the male one only like dies back so you've got to like if the if it doesn't get popped the pollinated then you're not going to get your pumpkin so you need to try and get your bees I said but you can do it hand pollinated and she was like wow that's fascinating and I was telling her how to do it I was like have another go and try that try it if it doesn't if you're not seeing little baby pumpkins growing then maybe it needs pollinated and you can I told her everything to do and she was like yeah I'll try it so it's yeah it's just it's just a joy yeah I will say I will say I've gotten to the point with my pumpkins where I I hand pollinate every time um, because there's not that many female flowers that are popping up. Uh, so for at least where I am, I don't get a lot. Uh, so I, it's not like peppers where there's so many you could just spend all day pollinating that, you know. Uh, but with pumpkins, yeah, I just I end up hand pollinating every time I see a female flower pop up. And, 
it's it's work but i always grow i don't i'm not big on on carving pumpkins but i am big on making pumpkin pie so i always grow my pumpkins have you ever tried a pumpkin planter though have you changed it into a planter like took, no. took the outside so like carve it like you're going to carve it and then put like dirt in it or you can put a pot in it it's your it's your preference i don't what what you do is like you can put so you you can put soil in it and then you can put like bedding plants like on, or you can also put like um cut flowers so like i put like cut flowers and then like bedding plants and it's a lovely display and like you can put it out for halloween and it's like nice like kind of like autumnal look and it's flowers and you can like i had like a little variety last year and it was i had the white pumpkins and we had like the bigger orange ones and we had that had like different kind of plants uh, mixed through it and it was beautiful ah you are so creative I, i would never have thought of that I just, I was, see, that's the thing. I just, so I also carve my pumpkin as well, a different cup, pumpkin as well. But yeah, see, there's lots of things you can do it. You can also make pumpkin soup, I'm told, which I have never tried, or pumpkin yes, pie. Yeah. Is it easy to make? Yeah, it really is. I mean, it, it doesn't, I mean, you roast the pumpkins and then, uh, then you just, I mean, the, the worst part about it is, is making sure you, it's not too stringy. Um, and so you want to get rid of that, but yeah, I mean, it's mostly, you're just roasting it and then harvesting the flesh and, you know, so you're just taking the peel off and, um, it, and then you just use it like you would canned pumpkin. And yeah, it's really not difficult at all. I'm fascinated by how you can just make things from like different fruit. I know fruit it's food but you know i'm fascinated by how you can make different things like soup and pumpkin pie and you know yeah. and, and, and you can eat you can roast the pumpkin seeds as well can't you you can eat, yes you can yeah eat i used too. to do that when we were kids we would roast the pumpkin seeds but i haven't done it since then i i didn't really think about it it was, it was one of the uh, mums who comes along to one of the classes she was telling me like i was taking what well, i said it we'll do baby pumpkins because i like like the little baby boo ones the wee white ones like the cinderella i was like we'll do baby pumpkins and we'll do big ones and she was talking about um like she'd roasted pumpkin seeds and i was like wow i didn't really know that like, you could do that and she's like yeah it's really tasty she said like if you put like seasoning on it they taste a bit like crisps and I was like, oh, I would definitely have to try that next year. So it's, it's good to just kind of share things with everybody and you can learn from so each other. So that reminds me, so we've talked about starting seeds and growing plants. And now I'm like, okay, so what's the next thing? Well, what do you do with all, you know, do you do, you do a lot of composting? Because I know I've told you I'm a, I'm a big worm composter. We, it's something that I want to do. So this year we are adding a compost bin to the garden. So I've been looking at, I was learning about it in my course and I decided, so I want to do like a cold one, a cold compost bin. I know it takes longer because the hot compost bin would like take longer. Um, we take, we'd be shorter, sorry. But right, um, right. yeah, so me and my husband have talked about buying worms. I'm, I think we need to look in where to get worms. 
we do have worms in the garden obviously but i think what we're going to do is where our greenhouse is we, we got a free compost bin from one of the allotment um, members and my old allotment she gave me it and said just take it i don't need it they were building like a compost bin out of pallets and she's like just take it so i was like yeah it's free i shall take it so we're, we're going to start it this year and we well, are, we're you, know, do- you know i have my worms in the house in the house yeah. <laughs> and how so, do you, so how do you like, get them to do you do okay, your so, compost in the house yeah so two different things so so because uh it's t- i i pr- i have so much in the garden that it's it's too much so i have a compost um bin and also just piles for compost out by the garden out in the corner of the yard and then for kitchen scraps and sometimes when i'm when i'm cleaning up out in the yard um, i'll bring them inside for the worms so they compost all year i put it in my utility room so that's where my my um, furnace is where my hot water heater is and that way it stays a constant temperature um, and it's also out of the way so and it, there is no smell to it whatsoever and you just have you know this is a, a it's made for worms so you have a tray system and you're filling up one tray and once that's filled you put another tray on it and the worms migrate up and they just and, and so I, I feed them you know one week every other week something like that oh wow and they and you never have to add more worms because they just keep multiplying and the more you feed the more worms you get and the less you feed the less worms you have because they just die off i'm such a big proponent of it it just works great apologies i'm gonna my dog is here so. i'm just glad it's not my dogs <laughs> She actually has been quite good because she is quite, she's a German Shepherd, so she's quite reactive to like protecting the house. So um, sometimes what I do is I shut the blinds in the front of my, my house so she can't see out. So she must have heard the one of the neighbors coming. Lila! But I will say that if you end up trying the if you have some place in your house where you can do this uh it is actually very fascinating because when i put scraps in there there's always seeds and the seeds will sprout and you always have things growing in your worm bed Wow. Uh, yeah i mean i've had pumpkin plants growing in my worm bed i have pepper plants growing in there all the time because when you think about you know the things that you're throwing out you're, th- you're throwing out the seeds well they they love the, the worm compost then 
That's amazing. I definitely, something I wanted, we're definitely doing a compost bin. Um, and my husband was saying, right, we'll put it beside the greenhouse. I'll set a bit up for you there and get like slabs underneath so that like no rats or stuff um, like, are attracted to it or anything. So we're definitely, I will be sharing that story of how we get on doing the compost bin because it's something that we've talked about as well as like, you know, we really, you use so much and like, you just put it in. We've got like, where I live in Scotland, you get like a um, recycle bin for like compostable stuff, like, you know, your food scraps, you know, your garden stuff, and you put it at like, you put it in there. And also we have rabbits. So apparently rabbit poo, which is mostly just like hay uh, it, and kind of like veg and stuff. So that you apparently that's really good for fertilizing um, yeah. as well for plants. So I've never used it yet. But um, apparently that's meant to be good as well. And rabbits do poo quite a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm like, waste, everything does. That's all waste, they do is eat. Waste not want. No, that's my saying. I always like to recycle and, and stuff. And I, I drive my husband crazy because I've got like my, my milk, milk cartons and my bottles and I'm collecting the rain and then I'm trying to make like mini propagators. And he's like, oh. whereas he's, well, he's no until that. Well, it's funny you talk about, you know, composting services and recycling because we're just starting to have a commercial um, composter here now where they'll give you a, um, you know, a container to put in your scraps or whatever you're going to put in there. They will take it, compost it, and then you actually get compost back. And they charge you, you know, for the service, but they will actually give you compost back. No, we, sadly we do not get that. We, they just take it away. They just take it away and they give you the bin back, but the bin is empty. So I don't know what, they obviously take it to like a compost bit and compost down like the stuff. Um, and that's why like me and my husband were talking because uh, about like the garden and what we wanted planned this year. Because it's, it's, like you say, a garden's always evolving. So it's always like, what do you yeah. want to do this year? You never get round to doing everything you want to do. So like the pond and the compost is like, that's what we want to do this year. Let's concentrate on that. And everything else, you know, will we'll just be fine. Everything can, will grow stuff for the, you know, the many a lot but we'll grow flowers there's perennials coming back it's fine the other rest of the garden's fine so we were talking about doing compost and, and like the same as you're saying i was like i was like there must be so much stuff we're putting in that bin that we could use that could make our own compost and compost is expensive you know when yeah. you're buying it yeah. to like top up your your beds and stuff or to give more nutrients it's expensive um right but what I, what I meant to say to you while you were talking about fertilizer was what I what I have been using last year was a seaweed feed. It's like a liquid feed. So ah. when when my flower, like when my my fruit and vegetables start to flower, then I will give them this seaweed, um, a capful of seaweed. Uh, feed, sorry, into like my watering can, and I feed like if all the the kind of fruit and veg once a week with this. And it just, so it helps. But is that pretty high in nitrogen? I think it is. Um, but it's it's really good. It did, I had I had lots of strawberries. The strawberries that I've got in the mini allotment, I've had so, them for four or five years. And last year I did the seaweed. So normally I would do like tomato feed. So we would like feed them with the tomato feed, but it, 
or like a multi-feed that would just be for flowers and vegetables whereas I was watching the gardening program Gardener's World and Monty said do seaweed so I thought I'm going to do seaweed this year and I got more produce by, by using it the, the plants gave me more more fruit and more veg by using this feed so I, so I use two fertilizers one is just a balanced fertilizer so it's a 10-10-10 or 20-20-20. It just depends on how you dilute it, right? But it's 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 just what you call a balanced fertilizer. Um, but then when they start to flower, I will use something that's lower in nitrogen and higher in the phosphorus and the potassium. And uh, yeah, so it's it's fun. It actually, what's really fun is I mean, and, and when you're doing organic, it's not like you know what those what that ratio is um, but uh, but yeah so it's what's really fun when you really get into this and, and, and you start experimenting is that at each life cycle of the plant they actually require a different fertilizer and then you get into the micronutrients and you just drive yourself crazy yeah I mean it's so it's so fascinating there's like so I'll, I was talking to my husband about like when I was learning about like plants and and he was kind of laughing at me a wee bit because he was like what because I was like so when I was learning about like the cells of like a plant I, and, and really like the cells of a plant I was like plants are really like humans except like they breathe but they just can't talk back to us there's not a way they can talk it's like they've got little brains and it's amazing yeah. and how they transport all the water and how they use the water and how they change the sunlight and the food. I was like, this is amazing. And he was kind of he was like, Whoa, laughing at me like, wow, okay. Because he's yeah. like, it's like, I was like, isn't it fascinating? And he was like, yeah. I, th- I think my husband's not as like, he likes gardening, but he's maybe not into the whole science <laughs> background well, thing that I'm into. So when, uh, so I started out in my college uh, career as I started out as a bio, as a biology major, and then I got more interested in chemistry. So then I trained, I, I changed my major to chemistry, but then I ended up as a biochemistry major, and because it, it, it's the chemistry of living things that it, to me is so fascinating. It is just so fascinating, and one of the things and. And so this is one of those, what we always call those cocktail information that isn't necessarily all that useful, but it's something you bring up at a cocktail party and people go, oh, wow, you're really smart. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But the fascinating thing is that uh, hemoglobin in the blood, okay, Mm -hmm. has, has a ring structure and it's called a porphyrin ring. And in the middle, you have iron right mm-hmm. well in in plants uh chlorophyll is a porphyrin ring now it's not the exact same you know chemical structure as hemoglobin but it's the same uh pattern okay mm-hmm. so it's a por- it's still a porphyrin ring and in the middle is magnesium instead of iron so uh i mean it's just we're all I mean it, 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 there's just such this common thread biologically of what everything uses to survive and it I just it just 
makes me feel like we're just so related to plants, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was watching a program. I don't know if you get it in America, but like David Attenborough was doing it. Was, it was like a, a program about plants and like talking but the same kind of lines of like talking about plants and there was like um there was a water lily and it was getting attacked by something and what happened was like like i'm saying like so the one plant that was getting attacked like sent out a signal to the rest of the 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 water lilies that were there that they were being attacked by this mini beast and then so then they they like put out like little like um for thorns um, and made like they made like they were like a poison kind of in the in the leaves so that when when the the mini beasts that were going going to go to them then they would well they would die which is sad but like I thought wow that's amazing one plant and even like trees there was trees in it a tree was getting attacked like a baby sapling and like the same thing it was like the tree that the little sapling was giving out like was talking to the others through the roots it was it was sending out a message to the other trees that were in the area we're being attacked by this this mini beast everybody change and put out poisonous stuff on your leaves so it'll stop attacking you and it, it was like i was like wow that's amazing like plants are you, you i mean who thinks about a plant talking to each other you know you, you would never think that you would just be like it's just a plant but it's like they're so smart like to have that ability to tell the other plants we're being attacked everybody get you know get ready and put out something that's going to stop us getting attacked which then means that they go into another plant but the same i mean i suppose every plant's got the same thing to kind of defense mechanism but i was fascinated by the fact that plants could send out like a bit like us just talking to each other like sending out a message saying come on we're being attacked we need to all change so we can stop this attack and like keep us growing so yeah i think it's just amazing (laughs) well i i do think that's amazing and and i think that as humans we have this this innate arrogance that the only way that that anything can communicate is through language like we know and uh, i mean it's just not true because everything communicates in a different way. I mean, everything that's alive communicates. I mean, they just have certain things that they need to communicate. So it's a, it's, it's in its, it's in its own way, you know, and it's just such, such fascinating, fascinating stuff. Oh, it is. It's amazing. I I mean, I just love nature. To be honest, I like plants, but I do like nature as well, like animals, um, yeah, nature, plants. But I just, I thought, it's, I just think it's fascinating. The more I learn about plants, and the more things that I watch and um, read about plants, I just think, yeah, like you're saying, we're all kind of, it's all common. We're we're all like part of the same ecosystem, but we're we're, you know, maybe more similar than we think. We like you're saying, we think we talk to each other, and we we wouldn't ever think of a plant like a daffodil talking to another daffodil. We just think they're out there just being plants. I mean, I used to always say to the kids at nursery, you know, when they used to pick plants, like flowers, I'd be like, no, that plant is dead now, that's got feelings. Like, because I was like, check, look after the plants. But then I realised, wait a minute, you're like, the plants actually do talk to each other. They're probably sending out, like, a little message. Someone's taking, taking out the daffodils quick. <laughs> hey, write something that's going to sting them. Well, one of the reasons why I so love to compost with worms is because 
that the biological um, universe that it produces the plants I mean they just love I mean the, the it's it's less about the nutrients to me and more about the microbes and and so that's the, the symbiotic relationships that 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 root system has and also then you then it makes me think of the root system and how it um, it actually is a mirror right of, of what's above the ground it's just I don't know there's you can just get into it so much and then you get and, and so here we're also just I'm just getting involved we're, we're forming a bonsai club and you get into bonsai and you learn so much more about plants and, and uh, specifically trees is generally what you're bonsai but I, I mean just the, the way that they I don't know it's it's just such so involved when you get into the details of it but you don't have to as a beginner that's what is so great because it's nature and it's going to find a way yeah exactly it's a bit like I was saying earlier about weeds you know when people ask me about weeds like like people say what what keeps weeds away and I'm kind of like you can try but weeds weeds will survive and like I suppose if a plant wants to find a way to live it will it will live you know apart from which I don't I don't recommend apart from like putting down even putting down weed killer it still bring they still come back you know it's it's an ever growing job because like you're saying like the birds so birds will eat seeds and then they will they will put them in places that then will grow other weeds and you know yeah. and something and yeah I, I totally get it I, I have to weed too you know like there's certain plants that are like you know evasive that I think right I don't want them so I'm going to take them out need to get them out because they're going to take over like the beds and stuff but I try and like grow as much can I like they are weeds I suppose wildflowers as much as I can because you know about for me I'm really passionate about bees you know because for me like maybe like 10 years ago I think I went to see a film it was called The Happening and it kind of like it was American and it, it kind of was talking about how the bees if the bees died so bees pollinate a lot of our foods and and, and kind of keep our ecosystem going and if they died we would die four years later and I think people just think bees are just oh that's just a bee don't think about it and it really changed my perceptive on I always like bees but it changed my perception on life of we have to help these animals you know we don't want these animals going extinct because we all help each other so if the bees go how do we pollinate stuff how do you know that means that there's food that probably you know would have to be hand pollinated you know it's just like you have to look after them so I always like when I got a garden with my husband and stuff I was like we have to have wildflowers we have to have things to attract the bees you know we've got so much different plants in the garden that are specifically for bees um adding a uh, like a bug hotel into the garden I've also added a butterfly house which I did just after Christmas there so it's for butterflies to lay eggs so I'm kind of hoping that last year when I was growing my um broccoli we had the cabbage white butterfly and a a lot of gardeners like were horrified you probably saw my twitter that I wasn't I wasn't getting rid of them for but I didn't want to get rid of them I wanted them to be there so I let them be there I let them eat the leaves I let them lay their eggs and reproduce and they made little baby caterpillars that then turned into butterflies and for me I thought that was amazing because that's you giving back to the you're giving back to yeah. the ecosystem and the plant wasn't damaged the plant still grew 
So a lot of people, oh, it damaged your plant. No, it didn't, because the plant still grew. So that all that yeah. grew on on the, on the plant, and we had and we helped the butterflies. So I'm hoping that. Well, I'll say this about about cabbage butterflies is that I've covered my cabbage before, and it it's like you you can't stop it. So you might as well just sacrifice those outer leaves, and you're still gonna get the inner leaves of that cabbage to be able to harvest. So I I don't I tell you what I really hate. For those flea beetles, do you get flea beetles there in your cabbage? No, we we tend to have in Scotland. We tend to have a problem with like green fly and white fly. We had a really big like white fly and infestation, should I say, on our lupins. So I don't know if you have lupins in, in Montana, but um, yeah. we've we've got two lupins and we were gifted them, and we took we've actually took one of them away because. We tried everything, you know, organically. We tried when they were, you know, there. We were getting the hose at night time and, and, and putting them off so they couldn't get back on and it was slippery. And um, we tried cutting it right back because part of it was then, like, part of the lupin plant was then getting damaged. So we cut it right back to the kind of bottom and let it grow again and they still attacked it. So we were like, we've still got one beside my mini allotment. But... Where my husband was like, this one is like just getting attacked, and it's beside the rabbits. So we put like a fuchsia bush in now that um, is perennial, and it, you know it's, it's going to be quite big. And it, my husband wants to have like shade and like kind of make the rabbits feel as if they're like cocooned in the wee kind of bit that they are, so they're not scared at night. If like n- not that anything really comes into our garden, we've got quite a big fence, but um, he wanted to have that. The lupin was quite big and quite tall, and it went it fat, and you know it gave them that kind of protection if they were behind it. Um, so yeah, we had we got white f- white flying. And then we had the cabbage butterfly. We our garden for some reason tends to get a lot of wasps. I'm not really sure why, but I, I learned about wasps and how good they are in pollinating that I actually started to kind of see why they were coming to our garden. So I thought we've got fruit and veg and we've got herbs and we've got you know and I tried you know at first like when the, they were eating like my strawberries and stuff and like you're saying it with the um, butter the butterflies I just thought they're they're going to come anyway so just let them have just let them have the strawberries take some that I can when they're not there let them have that let them be in the sweet corn they help the sweet corn to grow I thought they've got such a they're helping me grow so let's not let's not worry about them you know let's not they're not they weren't stinging us or anything so I thought they're not actually harming it and so let's just go with it and and leave them well there well yeah there are some some bugs that like cabbage butterflies I don't necessarily worry about but I tell you what we have aphid problems so when you talk about your green flies and your and whatever are do, do you have because when you talk about your lupins it's aphids that are what get our lupins every now and then no, it was white fly we had on. I'm sure it was white fly, but they were just like, and it was just they were just. They obviously for them again. If you take it back and you strip it back, we're looking at think they're killing our plant. But to them, yeah. that's food, you know. And, yeah. But also, a fascinating. But so thing. then, then it, it kind of goes back to when we were talking about our husbands and being protective of of them. Well, I tell you what, aphids. If every if I killed every last one of them. It'd be a good day because they are just 
They, they don't. They don't deserve to have any of my plants. I just hate them. Lila. It's just. door um in the car <laughs> and then she 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 likes to bark so but oh, yes sorry okay, okay, <laughs> I, i'm sympathetic um and i'm not used to having a dog that barks because so lila's just um a year old but we used to have a dog before and she was 16 but she never barked she was a rescue pup so is lila um lila was in romania and she was in like a shelter over there and they're not as friendly over there so she was going to be put to sleep and this charity um, bring them over to the UK and then they give them new homes so we kind of, she, she was saved from being put to sleep as a puppy so which is which is I just can't believe that anybody would do that like I'm like what <laughs> why would you do that so so she we got her last May when she was about four months old. Four or five? No, she was six months old. We got her when she was six months old. Um, so she's she's just learning, and we're just getting we're just getting used to her. But she's it's dead funny when you've not had a dog that barked before at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. To a dog that's quite vocal and she's quite protective. It's just her nature. She's a She's a German Shepherd, so that's what they do. They guard the house, and yes. um, and she's more she's more protective of me. Um, again, I think that's a German Shepherd thing. When my husband's in, she's not as mouthy because I think she thinks like he's like the pack leader, so like he will keep us safe. Whereas when um, I'm in myself, because my husband's at work, um, I think she's like I have to protect my mum. I have to make sure she's okay. But she's oh, she's a lovely dog. But um, she's she's done well. She's not been too vocal normally. Like she has been quite vocal before. She doesn't like the postman, the man that brings the mail. Um, I don't know why. I mean, she's never she's never been outside to see him. She just doesn't like the postman or delivery men. She doesn't like delivery men either for some reason. But I don't know. Sorry, that was a tangent. I went off. Started talking about the dog. Um, but oh, if it's yeah, I was gonna. What I was gonna say before Lila started talking herself and being part of the show was um, so ants. Do you, so ants. I've got a peony rose in the in the garden, in the front garden, in the border, and again, like I was like learning about like ants and how they like they eat the sap. So they eat like the sap of 
on the, the bud of the peony and then they help it open. So we're talking again about like like how insects like help everything, you know. And it's fascinating. And I this I've took pictures of it for the last two years, but this year I'm gonna take a video of it. See when I'm gonna get them on video. So, and I, so here's the fascinating thing. So I don't mind ants on my peonies. Because I, and I don't, I don't, I think the peonies open with or without the ants, so I don't think that's an issue. But, um, but I don't mind ants on my peonies, but I do mind ants on my other plants. And you know, well, of course, if if you don't have an aphid problem, you wouldn't know this, but ants actually farm aphids. Oh. Yeah, so when you get an aphid infestation, one of the best things you can do is get rid of the ants because the ants are helping the aphids multiply and because and they, they want that because because when the aphids are, are piercing the plant, they're producing this honeydew sort of a thing, this sticky stuff, and that's what the ants want. So they farm the aphids to get that that um, that kind of food and so if you get rid of the ants then it helps you control the aphid population so it's uh so over here aphids are and, and and the aphids also are very particular to a certain plant so you have aphids on like i have i get aphids on different plants so i get aphids on my cherry tree but those aphids will not be the ones that get my lupins because they're specific to the plant host. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, obviously, yeah. we've like two, we've well, we've still got one lupin, which is but, and we've still got one out the front as well. But um, I'm just interested to see if what happens this year and maybe like look into it a wee bit more and see. I mean, I suppose there's nothing you can really do to stop them. Because they're just going to come and eat it anyway. I mean, right, so really, it, it, with any pests, it's just about managing them. So, like, the, the aphids on our, on our cherry tree, um, we would just, I guess, I mean, you know how it is. You don't want to use chemicals unless you no. really do. So we would go out there every morning and hose down that tree every morning. And then we'd check it at night. If we needed to hose it down at night, we'd do that too. And then little by little, we could maybe skip a day. And it's really, it's, it's just about managing it. It's not about, you know, because you're never going to eliminate it. Never. Yeah, I, the sad thing is, like, for the lupins, I mean, I, lo- I, I love lupins. They're beautiful. And, like, like one of those flowers that we that keeps flowering if you deadhead it they're beautiful and the bees you know when you watch the bees like go and eat the, the nectar and pollen and it, it's it's lovely like i've got beautiful flowers or um with pictures of like bees eating the nectar and it's like it's amazing that, but it just upsets me like that they're like damaging they're damaging the kind of um they're damaging the flower but i suppose i don't know we'll try and see we've still got two left the one at the front for some reason it doesn't doesn't get them that's and i don't know the the front garden's more shaded so i don't know whether they they just don't go around there or whether because the back i'll be honest with you you about lupins i don't worry about a lupin dying 
because that's why they put out so much seed, so many seeds. So, because they're so easy to grow. I mean, they'll just grow more of them and let that one go. I know. Definitely. <laughs> it makes me sad. To, like, I just said I don't. I don't like to have. I. I, I have to just let learn to let go. I don't like flowers dying, but. Um, but so, but so, Nikki, you're you're kind of. See, you've already admitted that you're kind of a new gardener. Yeah. So you have to adjust this attitude. You have to go, okay, some plants are just meant to die, and I'm not going to fight it anymore. Definitely. I definitely have to... That's part of your mental health. That's part of your mental health is to to have that acceptance. Yes, I definitely... I mean, the thing is as well, like, you're talking about daffodils. Everybody loves daffodils. Well, most people love daffodils. I like them. But, like, that... You're saying they, they come up and they just they just die after a couple of weeks and that's it. But they get lovely colour, but then they die. Yeah. And, but they'll be back next year. And, and But they're not dying. I mean, this is the thing. You know, that's what that's why I say to people who have amaryllis are like, oh, the tips of the leaves are are getting brown. Well, that that's just happened. So cut it off and and as long as the bulb is alive, you're gonna get more leaves. You're gonna get more flowers. Don't just just don't obsess over every little tiny thing. And you know, and that's the thing about about daffodils is that they they have a short lifespan. It's not a lifespan. It's a short cycle, growth cycle. But you know that it's also teaching us something that you know we're gonna we're gonna feed ourselves voraciously for those you know two weeks or a month and then we're done we're just gonna go to sleep and uh and we'll see you again next year and they and you will yeah definitely the the bed besides so the bed beside the mini allotment i got some bulbs so i got um a variety of different bulbs this year and there's summer bulbs so we're going i'm going to be planting them um within the next couple of weeks um, and I want to have like you're saying like that colour so I really originally wanted tulips we've got like perennial plants to come back so um, dotted in between and I just wanted to have that colour of like summer bulbs that come up and there's like so I wanted just to be all tulips I really like tulips as well that's one of my yeah. other favourite flowers and my husband was like yeah but um like it'll be the one thing and then they're only there for a couple of years I managed to talk him into the bulb thing so, um, but we've got a variety of different bulbs. Um, so I think we've got. I think I've got gladioli, um, oh. and one that's it's, it's a, a, a peony one as well, and some I can't remember the other one. That's it. I got begonias, um, but I'm going to put out the front in a pot because, like you were talking about your mum. So begonias were always the thing that I remember about Neil's papa so he loved begonias you know and, and old wild tales about like and it, it was true he didn't do it but he used to say to me you know like to make your so to make your begonias flower better you can put um, pea like give them some pea and to like feed them and like like the pea like wait a minute, helps wait, a minute, wait 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 you mean urine? yes like urine yes <laughs> so it's true I've looked it up it's true Apparently it helps them flower. If you put he he when he first told me, um, he was like, yeah, do that. I go and pee in my urines, uh, pee in my my bonias, and I was like, I was like, no, you don't. And he was and my husband's like, he's winding up. He's like, it's true. Hang on a minute, my my dog has seen something. <laughs>
That's dedication. To pee on your flowers because it'll make them flower better. That's definite dedication. But yeah, yeah, so it, it, like, it was so, true because it, it was... So, so, so Nikki, this story reminds me, and of course your dog is barking, which reminded me more, but uh, I have a friend who had a male dog and the dog was marking all over the yard where she didn't want it to, right? Mm -hmm. So she says, well, this is the way to stop that from happening is you take your own pee because you're the leader of the pack, right? Yep. You take your own pee and you and you spray it in a spray, you put it in a spray bottle and you spray it where the dog is marking and supposedly then the dog will stop marking because you have claimed that spot as your own as the pack leader and it's not not correct for that male dog to mark it anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I believe I believe I'm, it's true. And um, I've I've had I've had male dogs and I'm like, you know what? I'm not I'm not taking a spray bottle of my own pee and going around the yard. No, you guys dedication. That's what I said to Joe. I was like, because what what it was was the guy across. So they're they're all past sadly, but um, my husband's papa lived in this lovely cul-de-sac and they all had beautiful gardens and um, so the guy across the road he had beautiful begonias so the reason I'm getting begonias is because I want to put them out front because that's where Neil's papa always had his begonias was out the front so I got a nice pot and I got begonias that are bulbs that will keep coming up every year um, and it just always make me think of laughing because he told me about I think it was Sandy across the road he used to he used to pee like pee in a cup or whatever uh, um, and go out and put it in these begonias and they would flower more and he said it ha it does it's true but he said I don't do it but he said it is it's true and my husband was looking up he's like it is it's true like something in the pee that, that helps them to flower <laughs> again like you I'm not going to be that dedicated I'm just going to say, I, I think that's something that we would have to assign to our husbands because I don't think anybody wants to see us. No, no. Uh, on the front porch peeing in our pots. I don't, no. I don't think anybody I, wants I to don't see even us. Th I don't even think my husband would do it. No, but I'm just, <laughs> but yeah, for me, I think for me, it makes me think I'm going to have them out the front in the old, because he had it at the front of his house. It reminds me of him telling his stories, you know, that he would tell oh, me about yes. begonias and how they would grow. So when I, we were getting bulbs, I was like, I'm getting begonias for out the front. That's going to remind me of your papa. But I think I'm also going to get, um, his, like, get begonias and take them down to his, like, uh, his grave site and put them down where we pot for him as well, just beside it. Because I think they can be thinking, oh, they'll put begonias there. And that's just, it's just, it's funny how, like you're saying, you've got like violas for your mom, and we're getting begonias. Oh, violets, violets, oh, violets. Violet. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that's a little bit of information you didn't know. See, this is why you need. Well, I'm, I'm not saying you have to go out and pee your begonias. If you want to do it, do it. But I'm not going to do it. But yeah, that's the story of why I'm going to get begonias out the front. But yeah, I think having bulbs at the back will be good and I'm going to have sunflowers. So I know you said your sunflowers don't grow too well. So what I'm going to do is, is because maybe other people, I just assumed sunflowers grew well for everybody. But um, maybe like I'm going to do a wee kind of how to 
like thing with my sunflowers because I've planted, I've, I've sowed the seeds so they ha- that was just last week so it'll take a couple of weeks for them to germinate and I'll kind of show you my, my sunflowers growing and then I'll put them at the back of where my bulbs are going to be growing up the fence as well. That's my idea, that's the bit that I've took of the garden this year, the mini allotment and the bit that's next to it and I said to my husband you can do everything else you can, but then he always asked me to do stuff anyway, what do you want in there? So he always says like, I'll do that bit, you do that bit, but it ends up mixing over anyway because um, then I'm like well, no, get that plant. <laughs> well, well Nikki, it's getting kind of late, we probably should end this but maybe we should have a conversation another time because we're not running out of things to talk about oh definitely we definitely should we should keep we should definitely have another conversation and maybe maybe later on in the season we could come back and tell about how our sunflowers and things are doing and do you know i can't believe we've been speaking for two hours i know i know but I'm going to thank you and I'm going to thank everybody that was listening and I'm going to say goodbye to you, Kerry. Um, what are you up to for the rest of the day? Is it morning time? Or is it- it's morning, yeah. It's 9.30 in the morning. Wow. So, yeah, so I just I just have, uh, I, I have another job, so I have work to do there and uh, tomorrow I'm going to be on the road. Um, it'll, be, it'll be a long day, but... Uh, but I won't be able to guard tomorrow. So hopefully I'll get some, I'm I'm reclaiming a bed. I call it reclaiming because I'm so negligent that sometimes the lawn actually takes over. And so, so this, I have this one last section of my front yard that I'm, I call it reclaiming because I'm getting rid of all the, the grass that has grown into it. And, and, but it's, it's all, I'm, it's all an iris bed, so I'm. It's a mess, and but I'm about not quite halfway through it. But I haven't taken any pictures. I should probably do that. Yes, definitely do that. I am a gardener who takes before and after pictures. My husband is not, but he likes it now when he looks pat. He looks back because, like, we're doing the pond. So, like, I took a video of like before we cut the decking. Now we've cut the decking. We've took, started taking stuff away. My husband. So it's Easter holidays, like where I live just now. So I'm off on holiday for two weeks, and my husband's off next week. So we're going to do like more stuff to the pond, and I take like little bits and pictures. So at the end, you can see like where you were and where you are now. So definitely do oh. that. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I'll, I'll have to take some pictures of it today, and uh, it's going to take me a while before uh, before I'm done with it. But maybe we can, <laughs> I'll get talk about those pictures whenever we get together next time. Definitely. Thanks for listening to today and myself and Kerry talking. It was an amazing two hours. I definitely think there's going to be another conversation. I think me and Kerry have um, got a friend for life on the gardening um, chat. So I hope you liked the podcast today and I hope that you enjoyed my dog kind of coming in on the podcast every now and again. She likes to be on the podcast and be part of the gardening team. So have a good day and until the next podcast, see you later.